Well, um, there are people a lot smarter than me that come up with these great series titles like This Christmas, because isn't that an appropriate title for the season that we're in? Really, I don't know about you, but you do not have to look any farther than my Google Calendar, which is basically blank. There's like nothing this Christmas. I'm getting my hair cut on the 22nd. That's a big, like, highlight of my month, but, but that's it. And it's kind of shocking because isn't it true that usually at Christmas time, our calendars are so full and so packed, but not this Christmas? Like, wouldn't you agree that probably more than any other season, that's when we're the busiest? Because Christmas is usually a time where we shift into high gear when it comes to hospitality. I mean, we have more invitations and more parties and more get-togethers, gatherings, more opportunities for hospitality than any other season of the year. And if you're a parent, you know how it is with school. There's all these school programs and all these school parties, but there's nothing this Christmas. And if you're planning a Christmas party... Usually the way you do it is don't you have to get your invitation out as early as possible? I remember when Zach, our executive pastor, came to us a couple of weeks ago and he's like, there is literally one day that all staff are free for our Christmas party, so put this date on the calendar. We did, and then of course a week later, that was canceled. That's this Christmas. So what happens, y'all? What happens this Christmas with hospitality? A time when usually we have, um, I don't know, more capacity or generosity to reach out and care for people that we know, some we don't know. Like where parties and gatherings now are all canceled for Christmas. When we usually experience connection and care and hospitality rings louder than any other time of the year, what does Christmas look like? Because you see, you might not realize this, but at the center of the Christmas story is hospitality. I don't know if you have a manger in your house. This is the one that we put up every year. I've never thought of it, though, that the manger is actually a picture of hospitality. Do you see it that way? Mary opened her home. It was temporary, this manger, but she invited in shepherds and wise men and other guests to see her newborn son. It was a place of hospitality. She opened this temporary home, a manger, but it was her home. And in this season, this Christmas, when we're asked to not open our homes, which is usually kind of the primary source or venue for hospitality, what do we do? And I started asking myself that question. If we can't open our homes, then I started wondering, what would it mean in this season, this Christmas, to open our hearts? What if God was doing something different in this season, this Christmas, with hospitality? So I entitled my message, This Christmas, 
practice hospitality. When you can't open your home, how to open your heart. Now, the Bible is clear that hospitality is, is important to who we are as people. You read in Romans chapter 12, verse 13, this. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to, and then look at it, practice hospitality. Now, I have already lost half of you, which is not the goal of any teacher. So I'm going to call those of you back that are thinking hospitality is not me. That's the person I live with. I don't do hospitality. Um, It's those extroverts who are all into getting together. I need you all right now with me. Because here's the deal. In the Bible, it's all of us. And this Christmas, this Christmas, I think it matters more than ever. If we're not opening our homes, we've got to find a way to open our hearts. So, how do we do that? Here's what I came up with. Here's how to practice hospitality, how to open our hearts this Christmas. And the first thing is this. Make sure you're taking care of your own heart so you can open your heart to others. In other words, I think we have to start with being hospitable towards ourselves in this season so that we can express hospitality and care to others. Now, you might think, well, it doesn't sound very Christian, Helen. Hospitality is supposed to be about other people. You're starting with us. And I am, but it is actually very Christian. It's actually very biblical. It's in the Bible. It's even in the Christmas story, and you're going to see it in just a minute. Let's go to the Christmas story. You know it. The story of the shepherds, it starts in the field. They're keeping their sheep, their flock by night, and they're visited by an angel. The angel tells them to go to Bethlehem, so they rush to Bethlehem. They see a baby in a manger, and they worship the Son of God. Now, we know that Mary shows hospitality by welcoming these strangers in. She shows them kindness she allows them to get close to their newborn, her newborn son. And, and if you're a mom of a newborn, or you have been, you know that in itself was incredibly hospitable of her. Because are you not like me? When I had that firstborn, I was like, it wasn't even COVID, and you were masked up and sanitized, right? To get close to my, and here she is. But I, I started wondering, how could she be like that? And then I started thinking about this this verse that's tucked away at the end of this first kind of expression of hospitality to these shepherds and these wise men. And you read this in verse 19 of chapter 2. It says, But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The party was kind of over. Everyone has left, and she's now in the manger. And you see her as she cares for her own heart, as she reflects in her own heart, I'm sure back to the very beginning when the angel showed up to her, and she said, yes, you can use my life in this way. 
And God said, you are favored and you are blessed. And from that moment, she started pondering in her heart in light of that truth, God's presence with her. And because of that, she had in her heart the capacity to share her heart with others. So I want to ask you, how's your heart today? It, it, it's a question that a lot of times we don't stop and ask ourselves, And it's why a lot of times we don't have the capacity to care for others because of our own hearts. I was online um, this Wednesday night joining an Advent service through Zoom at a church in New York City. Lots of you are joining us today in the same way that I was on Wednesday night. And the chat room was open, and the host started the service by asking a question that kind of caught me off guard. He said, what I'd love for, for you to do as we start is I'd love for you to reflect on how are you arriving to this moment right here, right now, emotionally? In other words, kind of what's your emotional state as you arrive to this moment and this experience? So here we are at church, whether here or online. And we arrive at this moment, but there's a lot going on. And he opened up the chat. It was amazing to me to see as the over 150 people started just pouring in their three words that described how they were arriving. Anxious, hopeful, alone. Tired, busy, loved. Expectant, burned out, frustrated. And I put my fingers to the keyboard. And for me, just to be vulnerable, it was sad, hopeful, eager. Take a moment. How's your heart? How do you arrive to this moment? I heard someone say today, um, it's better to blurt it than to bury it. What are your three words? Just take a moment. Your heart. For some of us, we are barely hanging on. If you're someone who suffers from depression or anxiety, you know the weight of this is kicking your tail. And there's some of us that have never struggled with anxiety and depression, and yet it is just knocking. We can feel it. There's a new diagnosis called COVID fatigue. You get it. We get it. We feel it. It's real. So what can we do for our heart in this season, this Christmas? Because we're called to show hospitality in this season, even the way it is but it begins by making sure our hearts are cared for. Maybe this season, showing hospitality to yourself looks like keeping daily promises to yourself. <laughs> this week, talking to a friend, that's what we did together. She said, I'm making a daily promise to do these three things. I'm gonna take a shower every day. I'm gonna eat three meals a day. I'm gonna do something that brings me joy. What can you do for yourself and keep those daily promises just for this week? Maybe it's speaking to yourself with kindness. 
gosh, are we not the hardest people on ourselves? Kindness. Maybe it's setting boundaries where they've been crossed and you know you've got to get some things back in order. Maybe it's being honest with yourself or letting go of beliefs that no longer serve you. In my Thursday night recovery group, someone chimed in and just said, you know, he was asking himself the question, um, how true is this belief and does this belief serve me right now? Or maybe for you, this last one, it's just taking time for rest. I don't know about you all, but I'm thinking sometimes the most spiritual thing I can do for myself is take a nap. Anybody else? Friends, how's your heart? Number one is make sure you're taking care of it so then you have something so that we can do number two. And number two is this bring encouragement into someone's life. Bring encouragement into someone's life. My daughter, um, like Josh's wife, is a nurse. And she had called me. She sent me, actually texted me this picture of her this week. And then she gave me a call and she said, Mom, I had no coffee last night, which I was thinking I'm never gonna make it through the day but I'm gonna treat myself to Starbucks. So she did, she got up in the morning uh, and she pulled through Starbucks and she's actually um, a nurse. And when she pulled up, they asked her, someone recognized her and said, are you, are you in the healthcare profession? She says, well, I actually am. They said, oh, this coffee's on us. We just wanna be an encouragement to you. She was like drinking that coffee like it was, you know, an espresso, it was $2, an encouragement. See, I made number two really simple, bring encouragement into someone's life. Because I don't know about you, but hospitality to me, either we think I don't do it, or it, if, when I do it, it's super big. Like when I first got married to my husband, we had, they had these open houses, and I would plan. I loved it. We would plan for weeks and weeks. I'd make those little pin roll things with those tortillas, and we'd have meatballs and cookies and hot spice cider, and just, I'd pull out all, it was a big deal. Friends, hospitality, what the world, what the person at Kroger what your neighbor who walks by at a distance, what the person next to your cubicle with the, all the petitions going on right now needs is simple encouragement. That is hospitality. And again, I didn't have to look far. It's in the Christmas story. It's right there. Let me show it to you. So here's what's happening. We read earlier about the shepherds and in Luke chapter two, it's the chapter that you open to on Christmas morning and probably read the Christmas story. But do you know that the Christmas story doesn't start in Luke chapter two? It starts in Luke chapter one. And it's the story of another conception. You see, while Mary's conception was miraculous, her cousin's conception, Elizabeth, while conceived the normal way, it was miraculous in a different way because they were beyond childbearing years, her and her husband. Well, they conceive, 
And they're told they're going to bear this, this boy, John, and he's going to be the cousin of Jesus. He's going to actually prepare the way for Jesus and for his ministry. Now, what I love is the hospitality of Elizabeth and what she shows to Mary. You're going to read it in, in chapter 1 in just a minute. See, Mary's in her very first weeks, like her first days of being pregnant. She knows she's pregnant. And you remember when you were pregnant, very first find out, and you wondered, is this real? So there's another Mary in, that I know of, Mary Music, and she's in the very first weeks of her pregnancy. This is my daughter-in-law and son-in-law. I've been waiting to get this in a message. And they're in their first weeks of pregnancy. And you know, I just remember, until they got that little picture, it was just like, Mom, you can't tell anyone. You're just like, we think it's real. I took three pregnancy tests. But she was needing that encouragement. All right, stay with me. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And look what happens. Chapter 1, Luke, verse 39. A few days later, this is right after Mary finds out she's pregnant, she hurried to the hill country to Judea in the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And here comes the encouragement. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women. And your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe the Lord would do what he said. Then Mary, when you read the rest of the story, breaks into worship. See what's happened? Her heart has been encouraged. That's hospitality at its very best. She breaks into this, what is called the song of praise, verse 46. Then Mary responded, Oh, my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And she goes on and on. I don't have it all here, but she goes, He took notice of this lowly servant girl, for the mighty one is holy. He has done great things to me. And she goes on and on. And then it says in verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her home. You see what happened? Yes, Mary op Elizabeth opened her home. That's hospitality. But the goal wasn't to open her home the really profound thing was Elizabeth opened her heart and shared what she was sensing from the Holy Spirit on behalf of Mary. And now Mary is encouraged and anchored in the truth that God has done something miraculous in her, even when it doesn't really seem real. Do you understand what people need around us right now? A word from God that speaks truth into their hearts where they don't know if it's real, but you can sense it for them, that's spiritual encouragement. And that, this Christmas, 
is the gift we get to give to people around us, to our children, to our coworkers, to our friends, to those we don't know in the checkout line, to those that serve us in stores, a word of spiritual encouragement that is marked with hospitality that comes straight from the Holy Spirit. So, how do we do this? What's some simple ways? Someone that helped me with this uh, came through an Instagram post of a counselor that I follow, but she said, here's Here's some ways to bring emotional support to others around us, which is exactly what encouragement is. And they're simple, but we seem to forget them. What if we put them into practice? You can find these on lexcity.info in the sermon notes um, if you want, if this is something that would serve you. But she just said, what about if you just actively listen to someone? Listen to someone with our heart, not just our ears. Regularly check in. Who is it that does that for you? Just checks in, just thinking of you. I got a Facebook message from Tammy, our pastor's wife, my friend, that just said, hey, how's it going with your mom being gone this Christmas? Through Facebook. And that act of encouragement stopped my heart and made me went, I'm cared for. I'm thought of. We can do that, church. Remind people of their positive qualities. Speak to it. When you see it, speak to it. When you admire something, say it out loud to them. Validate their experience, whatever it is that they're going through. Don't try to change them. Be with them. Send a care package. I had a friend who reached out right after she heard the message. She said, I'm going to the kitchen. This woman has the gift of making cookies like nobody else, and I hope they show it at 116 Cambridge Lane. (laughs) And the list goes on. You can read it. I hope more than that, you, you implement it. Giving compliments, sending an encouraging text, asking how can I support you. But listen, the Holy Spirit will give you an idea and act. Because here's the thing, we cannot open our homes, but friends, we can open our hearts. And that's what this Christmas is about. A new and maybe even better way. Open our hearts. Because you see, the greatest act of hospitality in history happened at Christmas. The greatest act of hospitality in history happened when Jesus, when God sent Jesus, his son, here to make his home. And it says in Revelation, I stand at the door and I knock. I want to come in. Will you be hospitable to me? Will you open the door of your heart? And some of you today need to open your heart for the very first time because Jesus came in a cradle, but he was destined for the cross because of his love for you, making a way to do life connected with God. 
today, God stands at the door and he knocks and he, he asks, will you open your heart to me? Where your heart is weary and tired, where it's worn out, it's burned out, it's fatigued by this season. In this season, I've got something new and fresh for you this Christmas. So friends, we can't open our homes. Would you join me? Open our hearts. Maybe today the Holy Spirit wants to breathe life into your heart where it's fatigued and tired. He wants to inspire you this Christmas. Would you pray with me, please? I wonder for you today, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you personally? You can listen. Is he saying something to you from this message? You just listen for a moment. Now to the heart that is barely hanging on. God speaks to you and says, I am with you. I am not forsaking you, trust me. To the heart that longs to find freedom this Christmas, God says, I stand at the door and knock. If you open your heart to me, I will come in and I will make my home there. I sent my son, my only son, for you. And for those of us that are longing for inspiration, to bring encouragement to those. Holy Spirit, we open ourselves to you. Give us ideas. Give us eyes to see and words to speak and a courage to love in this season, this Christmas. In your name I pray. Amen.